Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. This, this is bad news for what are you doing sitting there. Who's next to you? Haircut, Colin? Yes. Yeah, it's a good, it's good, good haircut. Uh, <laughs> no one else can see him right now. No, definitely, because you would have laughed. You've just shaved all your hair off. You didn't have much. Yeah. It's, it's nice, it's easy. It's good to have you back. I was worried you'd gone. I was worried I'd done something to upset you. <laughs> now you're back. This is Colin, everyone who comes to most of the shows and is a kind of ghostly figure. Uh, so, uh, uh, slightly, he's looking quite cheery today. You in a good mood? Yes. Yeah, good. Something happened, you killed again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've been, uh, I saw my first show at the Fringe, uh, which was Adam Buxton's uh, Colonel Panic or something it's called. Doesn't matter, it's, it's finished now. He's, he's, he's on his way home. Uh, not because it was bad, he hasn't just decided that's it. It's, uh, uh, but uh, I don't know if you, uh, it seems like there are a few people maybe who haven't been uh, at the podcast before, again, judging from Colin's lack of reaction. Uh, but uh, he sent me flowers at the beginning of the, uh, of the festival because he'd had a dream in which he sent me flowers. Uh, and so he sent me flowers. It's kind of quite strange to get flowers from a man, but quite flattering. And I was quite... But he did say that uh, he wanted a hand job in return for the flowers. Uh, and I offered that my wife, because I thought it would make it awkward between me and Adam if we had to work again if I'd give him a hand job. So I said it, that my wife could do it instead, because that wouldn't be awkward. Uh, and, uh, uh, but he didn't. We, we went for a drink afterwards and he didn't ask. The, the, you know, the stink, the, it hung in the air. The hand, it was unspoken, the hand job. And we met a man who was seven foot tall last night. It was very exciting. It was like meeting Robert Wadlow the uh, tallest man in the world, except he wasn't quite. Yeah, and he's just going to stare at me. He's going to stare at me, just having a chat, and then we'll get some action. Uh, but seeing Rock, uh, Adam Buxton next to a seven-foot man is quite amusing. And I say that, I say that. It's like being in Lord of the Rings or something. And the guy was like a tree. I mean, I'm not tall. This guy, I've stood next to uh, Stephen Merchant, who is a very tall man, and this man had about, I don't know, about four inches or so. Six inches. Oh, sorry, I was just, uh, just asking. Uh, change tack, I was just on uh, six inches. No? Uh, so, um, is that how long it is? How long? How long? No? Um, all right, well, I should have thought some jokes before I came on because uh, it's, uh, it's one of those days. Uh, I've been having good uh, fringe so far. This has got, this has been I've got two reviews for what we're all going to die, eight o'clock at the present beyond. So far, my average, five stars. Five star average. It's not bad, is it? going to come down, so let's just enjoy it. I'm kind of hoping I get no more reviews. So, and it is the same, they're two internet reviews from a reputable uh, reviewers, but not... Uh, it's, it's strange the way things have changed. In the old days, Broadway Baby, if you put that on your poster, people would laugh in your stupid face. <laughs> yeah, oh, you've got Broadway Baby on it, didn't get any reviews, but now it's one of the major reviewers. That's how the world has changed, Colin, hasn't it, since the old days? Yeah? Yeah. Do you remember the old days when you were alive? <laughs> so, uh, love to see you. Got some young women down here in the front. That's very unusual. Rory McGrath fans, Josh Widdicom fans, just Richard Herring fans. No. Yeah, really? Blimey. I'm doing all right. I still, I've still got it. Look at this. Look at these crackers. And then some young, young man, how old are you? 12 years old, maybe? 25? Ah, they do it. Everyone looks so young to me now. But I was doing that Edinburgh before you were even conceived, my friend. So, yeah. You weren't even you weren't even a little blob of smoke. You were, you, were an, you, were, you were an egg. There was your egg was there in your mother's fallopian tubes. Were you uh, uh, were you breastfed when you were a child? <laughs> Actually, I think your mum's still quite a cracking, good-looking woman. If, you know, pres presuming she's not dead, which would be an awkward start. To the, be an awkward then to start talking to a man about his mother's breasts and that. My desire to uh, lacked of the suck on them and, and for milk purposes, not say I'm married, it's not for sexual purposes. <laughs> so, uh, good, it's going great. Uh, so, uh, I think I'll, I'll get myself out of the hole I've dug myself in. How old were you when you stopped? Because uh, you look like you still might have got a little bit of milk dribbling down <laughs> your chin right now. You don't know, don't remember. No one remembers apart from Izzy City. Right, <laughs> that's weird. Were you, were you breastfed? I think so. You think so? You've kind of got a vague memory the one time you saw a press. Uh, so, <laughs> will you please welcome my first guest? He is probably uh, best known uh, for uh, appearing as himself on How to Be England Manager. 
that is his best known <laughs> work. Will you please welcome Josh Whittacombe, ladies and gentlemen. Here he comes. Oh, there he is. He's hurt his hand. He hurt his hand. Backstage. I slammed my fingers in the door. Um, not intentionally. Everyone looks at me though as if to go, God, how much are you dreading this interview? <laughs> and there's no way out. No, you have to do it even if you've got no fingers. It has to, so you've been you've been had your hand in a bag of ice? I've had it backstage. in a bag of ice and now I've um, adapted. You're really making the fucking most of this, aren't you? <laughs> look at it! Look at oh, it. nothing's there! So it looks like a normal <laughs> finger. <laughs> nothing's there. <laughs> um, it's painful, but you know. I'll, I'll, I'll find You're going to soldier through, yeah. through the pain, Chris. <laughs> um, so how's Edinburgh going? Let's get that out I'm of really that enjoying way. it. You're not no. here for the whole time? No, maybe that's why um, I'm really enjoying it. For the first time, I'm really feeling relaxed and having fun. Great. So, I mean, it could turn at any moment. <laughs> Good. Um, oh, I'm I am too, as well, but maybe there's a positive vibe this year. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's because of the last year. No one really enjoyed it. Yeah. Fucking they Jessica really Ennis. <laughs> my ever see her. <laughs> Fucking Jessica Ennis, there's an image. Um, but, um, I know, I, um, yeah, I think everyone's a, a lot more chipper and it yeah, just it kind of rubs so. off on everyone. It does, yeah. so that's good. What's your show, what's your show about? Um, my show isn't really about anything. Um, it's, um, I don't tend to write a theme, I tend to kind of just get a load of stuff together and then, uh, it, well, yeah, it just kind of um, link it all together and hope, it, it, it's the first time in, th I've done three shows, this is the first one that feels like a show. Right. Um, with a beginning, a middle and an end. Well, that's a bit shit, what about the other two? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to sell tickets to that. Wait till next year, last year. It's like when Oasis bring out an album and they go, those last ones were shit, but we're back on form. Um, <laughs> but you were best, you nominated them. I was best, yeah, no, they were. Good, they must have been good shows. They were. Yeah, what they were was just lots of stand-up, yeah. but not in a kind of show form. Okay. But this has got more of a just you sort of out in the street doing just, just you know, <laughs> the style. I've got a microphone this year. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, I'm really enjoying it. Good. Good. They're a really weird audience today. They don't know really to put you off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just an aside to you. That's just, no, they won't have heard that. No, they didn't. Um, that. A lot of people have been complaining about the uh, the audio quality of these podcasts at home. And I would say, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> it's free. <laughs> fucking, can you want to hear good audio? Come and see it at the fucking stand. <laughs> where it's good audio. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. And it is, and I listen back to it. You can hear, it's, pe it's two fucking people speaking. What do you want, you prick? <laughs> buzz on there, it's slightly distracting. <laughs> fuck off. You're so bothered about it. Go and get some software off the internet and take the bed buzz off yourself. Uh, but a lot of what, what I like is in the last minute, you've both annoyed the audience <laughs> in the room and at home. I hate them. You're doing well because you're managing to hold the microphone near your face, which <laughs> well, is better than most people do. Norman Lovett, who's been doing sound comedy for 34 years, did the interview about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a big disparity between your voice and the voice of the guest. Yeah, that's because Norman Lovett was talking like this. <laughs> if you talk like me, it wouldn't matter because I've got a loud voice. So, uh, but he was, it was a very good interview. It's worth trying to listen very hard. Turn it up. They're probably going to turn up really high, but then whenever I'm going to talk, you've got to turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be deafened. So you're doing the last leg. I'm, yeah, I'm going back to London series? for that. Yeah, is this the you? second or third series? It depends if you count. It started during the Paralympics, yeah. and then it became a show separate of the Paralympics. Yeah. And it I think um, it, slightly, I d it depends if you count the Paralympics as the same show. I do count that. Then it's the third Obviously. series. Okay, then good. it's the third okay, series. Why well, you say we shouldn't count the parallel? No, but sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be controversial for me to come out and say this. <laughs> I don't want you to get sacked from your job. If, if I do say that, I'm, the microphone will be a long way from my mouth at that point. So I'm going to go straight to an emergency question because I, okay. I think we've got to. We're all, I think we need it. I think we need okay. the emergency <laughs> question. Yeah, this hasn't worked at all. This is a new emergency question. Okay. I'm pleased with, but it hasn't worked. Okay. Um, you're not a married man at the moment, are you? No. So we don't have to. With Susan Cameron, I had to uh, engineer a situation in which her <laughs> wife was dead. Or had left her to the If you. So just hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, hypothetically. Right, okay, so, so, cheery question today. If you had to marry one of the Muppets, a character from the Muppets, yeah. which. And this is like. So, it's not just. It's about what I'm saying. They're going to be got your companion, hopefully, for life. It's not just about which one you want to have sex with. It's about which one you think you'd get the best. 
No, I, I understand marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are just going immediately. This is I want. I want to fuck Miss Piggy. That's then. Well, that's yeah. But I, I, the problem is, even though you've explained it, that is the go-to, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> She'd be very high maintenance, wouldn't she? And you wouldn't trust her. And she is in love with Kermit the Frog. So why would you? Yeah, why would you, you want to be with her? No, but the, uh, that wouldn't be the main issue. Uh, the main issue would be she's a pig. <laughs> a very sexy pig. A very sexy pig. With a man underneath the holding up in Yeah. <laughs> you probably really just have to have sex with him. Yeah. And the sex game up. So what boy. you're saying is, which puppeteer would you most like? <laughs> but if you want to have the sexual element, because I don't, I don't believe, I may be wrong, I do not believe the Muppets come with sexual organs. No, Maybe wrong, no. we haven't seen that. Well, they do come big. with a big hole in the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I think that hole was too big, John. Yes. I don't, well, I'm speak don't for yourself. Like <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's only a fist-sized hole, probably, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do, is it two hands that you put up a Muppet, or is it one? I would say uh, probably one. But uh, this is based, I'm just guessing. <laughs> uh, it must be one because, you know, you have to drink your cup of tea with the other hand. <laughs> Do they, how do the arms work? Two hands. Oh, you all know about the fucking arms. All quiet. <laughs> how many arms is it? Do we need to operate it? So you need one hand up and then one hand holding the little wires oh, that you can see. Either way, I'm going Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's almost a queen, a queen sleep. A clean sweep. Yeah, yeah it's, it just feels like the go-to, doesn't it? I don't think so. I like uh, Janice in the little blonde woman in the band. Oh, you've really thought about this. <laughs> of course I've thought about it. I didn't just turn up without any preparation. <laughs> I found out you're on the le last leg and that's it. <laughs> you're in uh, How to Be England Manager. I've forgotten I'd even done that. I'll tell you how it went. I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. Um, I got sold down the river by the voiceover. Well, I did, well, I wouldn't say sold on the river, but I am. Um, you just did. Uh, it was. That. I've never done. I never done a talking heads thing. I did, but the person who was doing it was someone I knew who was a nice guy. And if I, you can, he is a nice guy still. But um, I had to be interviewed by Tim Lovejoy, who oh, I'd yeah. never met before. And then the voiceover, they said, "Well, what you'll do is you meet Tim Lovejoy, and you just do it as if you're being interviewed in a pub." And I was like, "Fine." And then um, the voiceover was. I met up with an old mate in the pub to discuss the England <laughs> merger. Like, I've never met you before. <laughs> so, um, the, I, yeah, that was a, it was a strange experience. Isn't that just Tim Love, Lovejoy trying to get in and be your mate? It's <laughs> on TV, it says I'm your old mate. Yeah, yeah. Right. Your house. Come on, let's go, we'll have a few beers, watch the TV. It's a bit easy, Tim. I don't know. It is weird. I mean, Tim Lovejoy, I think, is, he's, he's too nice, I think. He seemed very thing. nice, but... That's um, why I mean, too nice. Yeah, overly keen. Yeah. <laughs> There's something suspicious about it. I'm not saying he's killed any prostitutes. <laughs> I'm not saying that. If you're thinking that, you're but I'm very wrong. I'm definitely not agreeing with you. <laughs> and you're on the million pound drop. That's the most exciting oh. thing about your career. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so far. I didn't see it, so take um, us through I question by question. Um, do happened. you want to know what the million pound question was? Yeah, I do. I'll see if I can get it. Okay, um, great which of these two people appeared on Michael Barrymore's My Kind of People? Oh, exciting, isn't it? Michael Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> or a police investigator. <laughs> um, no, uh, which of these two people appeared on Michael Barrymore's My Kind of People? Yeah. Uh, Frankie or Susan Boyle? Shut oh, up. it, mate! <laughs> or was it? Uh, I would say, well, I'd say, yeah, it's so likely to be Susan Ball that I'm going to go for Frankie Ball because it just seems impossible that it would be Frankie Ball. So, Frankie Ball is my million pound answer. Ah, oh, you've lost a lot of money. Uh, I put all the million on that as well. <laughs> you wouldn't have still had it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that wrong? No, we got it right. Yeah, we got it right. Um, it was a strange kind of. I've not seen, I've not seen the show before. Right. And they did it because it was like. Uh, Paralympics, it was in the shelf behind the Paralympics, yeah. so they had me and Alex with last leg on. And I didn't realise how stressful it would be. <laughs> like, it was, it was really intense. Because yeah. you're not playing for yourself, you're playing for charity. So yeah, you're that's easy, doesn't it? Makes it <laughs> 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 I'd be annoyed if I went home. 
my heart goes out to the people that are actually playing and care about it. If I went on any of those things, I'd think, you know, if you went on Celebrity Who Wants a Millionaire and won a million pounds, it'd be really fucking annoying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. So, you made £100,000 for charity. Is that how much we want? I think so. That's what oh, it says that's good. It says on Wikipedia, and I, yeah, I, I, I trust Wikipedia yeah. implicitly. Uh, and then you've got no citation needed on you. I'm going to do a citation needed with Rory so I can get this. Oh. I'm providing a little service. So everything, everything on my Wikipedia has yeah. got a citation. Yeah, I didn't think you had a Wikipedia page with you. No, me neither. Well, but then I just realised I, I spelled your name wrong. J O S H. It's pretty easy. So here comes another emergency question. If you had to be a badger or a cow, which would you be, and why? And oh, why? Oh, Give your working out. Badger. Badger's a popular choice. Yeah. Unbroken badger. For Most cows people. are heading towards quite a grim death. Yeah. But on the other hand, I mean, it is, I think this is, a, this is a question asked by... If you were a cow, you'd know what weather was coming. That's, that's, that's the only advantage. But you wouldn't be able to go indoors. You wouldn't be able to go indoors. <laughs> you wouldn't know whether to be stood up or lying down. I'm, it's, uh, uh, you know, but as a cow, you have a guarantee. You're sort of protected. You're like a, you're like a human slave who yeah. will be eaten. But you have a great life where you're. If you're a cow in the wild, you have a pretty hard time being attacked yeah. by wolves and tigers and stuff. Is there wild cows? Well, I think there must have been. Otherwise, where did they come from? They were just invented recently. No, no. Ronald McDonald, and I've come up with a new well, idea. Do you know what? I've, I've made. I've they, made this week, they have tried for the first time. I know. The, uh, what is it, they've just created a cow burger in a lab. From stem cells, I think, yeah, they've made, yeah. so they've just taken the cells of a cow and they've made some, some, uh, chin out. Mm. That's what happens. <laughs> Comes out, machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I didn't realise this was a science podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Susan Cameron, I asked her about it, she wouldn't eat that, but would you eat that meat that's been made in the laboratory by a Frankenstein? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's... It a is by a Frankenstein, because Frankenstein is the name of the doctor, not the monster. But, the, you know, the monster has become named after the scientist. That happens often with invention, so it's both. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Frankenstein as well, not Frankenstein. Is that? Oh, I'm not sure that. Yes, it is. And it's Skellington, not Skellington. <laughs> <laughs> would you eat them? Would you, I don't see there's a problem. It's just no, it's still it's it, yeah, it's I think it's fine. good, because it means that, you know, we can, you can, the, the cows aren't farting and, and ruining, A, making a bad smell, but it is. I mean, well, it did cost two hundred twenty thousand pounds to make that one burger. That's the first it? one, yeah. But then the second one, that's the prices go down once you've got the machinery, don't they? <laughs> you, can, you can make like twenty-five burgers. That's still like only ten thousand pounds burger. <laughs> got two A-level maths. Um, so you'd be because of your cow, you would have a cow. I'd be a badger. Was well, a badger? You could get run over any moment. You could get run over any moment as a cow. You couldn't. Why? Another well, cow? Well, I got my own. If I got my own mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I've got my own mind in a badger, then I've got as much chance of being run over as being a human. Because <laughs> badgers' issues is that they don't understand the Green Cross codes. <laughs> You do have your own mind. So I've got my own mind, badger, every time. <laughs> but you could be badger baited, so you have to watch I could be badger baited, I wouldn't take the bait. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do they bait them with? I don't know, poisons and stuff. You get, they come in, they give you a nice big deal, ooh, you'd be a badger, you'd still be, be your mind, but you'd have a badger's instinct. <laughs> I'd have a badger's <laughs> instinct to, to run towards <laughs> the middle of the road. <laughs> you'd smell that food. Where yeah. the badger baiting is, and then you'd go, mm, I'm a badger. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's going to happen to you. That's what or I think generally, generally. Or a bit, you know, it might be, it might, you might be a badger in medieval times. I didn't specify the time zone. <laughs> you might be. Road safety, perfect. <laughs> I ask you, but you might be captured and then made to fight another badger in a badger. Oh, oh God, yeah. Which I think that is actually what badger baiting is. Oh, is it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's actually a more. Um, so there's more depth to this question yeah. than I thought there was. Well, this is why, and this question's made up by a tiny Welsh child. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I pay, well, I don't pay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you had writers. <laughs> writers. Stuart Lee is going to have you for breakfast <laughs> over this. Right, if they're 11, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but, because so, yeah, in fact, that question on um, that Stephen Fry was written by a tiny Welsh child that we asked him who, um, 
what's it like being Stephen Fry really? and then he revealed this situation. So from what's then on, so from then on, the old kids in that kids' class started sending me questions to ask them. So they haven't done it for you, because you know, no, no, they, no. Wouldn't they wouldn't know who I am. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think most of the people here are. They, they, their you. question will be, uh, what would it be like being Stephen Fry? Is, who are you? <laughs> Um, so that's a good question that I asked, and here comes another one. So you don't like the way I feel. So who's this? Was, who's this you don't really like Adam Buxton. That's what's slightly putting me off. So, oh, you uh, do. Excellent for a podcast. Do want, that if Rory McGrath doesn't turn up, do you want to come and just be interviewed as Adam Buxton? Yeah, yeah, for fun. How did the show go last night, Adam? If you're Adam Buxton, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, why did your show overrun three nights ago, meaning my best to the fest had to be half an hour later? Poor <laughs> <laughs> time. timekeeping. Good, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I would imagine it would be technical issues, because this show is just like all run on a computer, so if anything mm. goes wrong, it's pretty screwed. Yeah, I'm having a go. Okay, no, I'm going. Fuck him. You <laughs> sent me flowers. You never sent me flowers. I don't know why I'm on your side. Um, how many chemicals are there in a carrot? Um... Well, there's. I don't even. I can't tell you one thing that's in a carrot. No. Oh, carrot. Carrot juice. <laughs> carrot juice. <laughs> carrot juice. <laughs> carrots is that the carrot is the one? One. Uh, carrot. Simple C. I can't remember what it was. 124 or something. 124. What? What? 140 something. That's no clue. That's no better. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to go back and listen to some of the other podcasts. They know everything, these two. They should get them on the million pound job. Right? They'd make a million pounds straight away. Uh, Don't uh, go for charity. Have you ever eaten asparagus? Yep. <laughs> when is, you that, is, that, <laughs> is that the question? Yeah, yeah it's nice. Yeah. Butter? Yeah, I can put butter on it. When you've eaten asparagus and then you go for a weed, does your weed then smell of asparagus? I've never... I, I wonder whether this is one of the things that... Because people say it, you believe it, rather yeah. than... No, it isn't. It definitely is true. <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> then, yes. Um, <laughs> I've never noticed it. It's more the beetroot turns your piss purple. Isn't that more of a... That's very unusual. That's <laughs> <laughs> some kind of medical issue. That's blood in the urine. But <laughs> <laughs> I say piss, it's solid. It's yeah. really <laughs> <laughs> um, some people uh, can't... Some people's piss doesn't smell of asparagus. Some people's does, but they don't, and they can't smell it. It's very boring for people who listen to this all the time. I don't, I don't know why I keep going on and on about this uh, one thing. Oh, have you ever had? What's your, before you go, because we're going to have to go through a little while. Actually, got five minutes. Um, have you ever had a near-death experience of any kind? What's the closest you've come to dying? My show's about death. Closest I've come to dying. Oh yeah, I have. Hours. I was in a train crash. What? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You did. Took you a while to get to that. <laughs> um, well, it wasn't into another train, it derailed. Right. Um, we were on our way to Leicester. Wow. Um, I mean, in a way, it would have been better <laughs> to die. Um, it was, I was going to Leicester to do um, the Leicester Comedy Festival. Oh my god. Yeah, with um, James Acaster and me were sat there, and um, the train started shaking, and then stones were thrown up at the windows, because uh, it was come off the road, you know, like the yeah. whatever the stones are on the track. And the windows Stone, were stoned. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've got a special name. Um, but oh. Ballast, there you go. Colin? No, no, I'm being serious. Colin, I'm feeling with ballast. Um, and, um, they, so they were being thrown up the window, and yeah. we were on, like, you know, in the rail where you're on a hump, and we were saying we're going to fall off here. Yeah. And then it, it lasted about two minutes, and then we came off the rails and just drew to a halt. And then we were there for four hours. Just waiting. And there was at one point. Nearly, was, was it near death because you nearly starved to death at the end? Yeah. Of <laughs> well, there was there was a bit where the, the the announcement came up. There was the driver, and you could hear in the background a kind of alarm going off. Right. <laughs> and this was the first announcement. He said, um, "Please be aware, we are not on fire." <laughs> <laughs> and then he added, "But but there is fuel spewing onto a hot axle." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then they gave us free Haribo. Wow. <laughs> yes! Uh, so God, that brings it all back. Give <laughs> <laughs> you free Haribo and said, don't, please don't tell don't anyone. Don't tell if you don't, don't tell anyone about this, yeah. you can have free Haribo. I've now got to give them the Haribo back because <laughs> I've said it on the podcast. 
I love the idea there was an alarm going off in the, as if like uh, there's an alarm but you're not on the track so you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> stop do you know because um, we were sat at a table yeah. and when I went for dinner the lunch the next day with Acaster and his parents and um, they uh, uh, this is the bit that's always stuck with me from it when I go on a train because I was facing the way the train was going and James was facing the opposite way and his dad said that I would have been the one that would have died if we'd crashed because I'd have hit the table and it would have... Whereas if you're facing backwards, you've yeah. got a lot better chance of survival because you just cushion into your own seat. Don't you just bounce off the seat into the table and then... Yeah, what I do is I, I face away and then I put a lot of padding there. <laughs> so they, so that's, that's a, a tip. tip. If you're ever trying to avoid dying on a train... Face backwards. Face backwards. Yeah, then you'd be sick, probably. I prefer to be sick than dead, my friend. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I've, been, I've, I've been sick and I've never been dead, so I can't really compare the two, the two things. But being sick was horrible. When, when I was, especially when I was once sick onto my own diarrhoea. It was on my birthday as well. It wasn't, it wasn't like my presence. <laughs> I got food poisoning and then I had diarrhoea and then I realised that you didn't have time to flush didn't the toilet. Didn't have time to flush the toilet. Oh my god! At least you got off the toilet. Yeah, well, so I got off the toilet. Making me feel a little bit <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks. But you know, you haven't really experienced life until you've been sick onto your own diarrhoea. I, I got um, swine flu in Edinburgh. Did you? I tell you when it kicked in. The first time I felt the symptoms. Uh, was when I was watching Hit the Moustache. <laughs> Genuinely. And I thought, oh, I'm feeling a bit peaky. And then I, it was the last three days of Edinburgh, whatever year that would have been. Yeah. And um, it's the worst illness Why did you wait so long to come and see my show in the festival? <laughs> I wanted to see what um, Broadway Baby had to say about it. <laughs> I can't remember. I'll look it up in the interval and let you know. Uh, <laughs> let me interval you know, yeah, when we get Carly on. Um, let me see, what else do I have to ask you about? Why that is it take so long to see my show? That's such a comedian's answer. <laughs> I, I don't I, care about your I swine flu, what I care. I didn't is. come and see any of your shows. <laughs> you know, you didn't send me flowers out. No. You know, Adam Buxton might be sending out flowers to everyone in the world. And then, yeah. that, that, we think about is it. Is that why his show's running late? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And so everyone feels like Duty Band goes to your shows. I think it might work, it might be cheaper than doing billboard advertising just to send that just ring into floor and say how much would it be to send a bunch of flowers to everyone <laughs> <laughs> just everyone who's got a podcast with a lot of listeners <laughs> maybe you can send it to everyone then people think oh I better go and he sent me like a bunch of flowers I better go and see his show <laughs> he had lots of people and that's what I'm saying it worked I give out a free DVD in my show so well, it, it, this is something yeah, I don't is. know if this is a joke I saw a poster a Louis Schaefer's poster oh yeah yeah well, he's, claiming, he's claiming he's got a supply. Did he give them out? He had a load of my DVDs in his yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. So is he giving out free vegetarian DVDs? Yeah, Brendan's giving him some to give out, though. <laughs> <laughs> so where's he got the free DVDs? Has he bought mystery. them? I don't think so, because it costs 12, you know, you can buy them online for 12 pounds, www.tenpasta.com. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't get up to Edinburgh, but you can buy, if you come to my Edinburgh show, you get one for free. It could, I, I don't know, because he had them right at the beginning, I was thinking maybe you could just wait around to see if people left them in the courtyard, so they forgot about them, or left them in their seat or something. <laughs> but he, you know, it might be Unless he's bootlegging your gig. It could be. Well, it's, you know, it could, they look, uh, he's, got the cover, yeah. he's got the cover. That's very suspicious. I think yeah. I might get the police on to because this is. <laughs> he must have stolen them, right? He must I, have I, someone on the inside of the pleasant system. Do you think he's got someone? Yeah. Do you think there's a mole? There might be a mole. <laughs> it's the only explanation, really, unless he's got a lot of money he, to yeah. buy. And I'd know, I'd know, because then there would be on the Jewish shop on the site that someone had bought 50 oh, yeah. DVD. So it wouldn't work. <laughs> But uh, don't go and see Lewis Shakespeare's show. <laughs> <Obviously, laughs> you're guaranteed to get a definite, proper one. You know, it's mind you, his show's cheaper than mine, so if you want, really want this, <laughs> and you don't want to pay for it online, and you're in Edinburgh, you can go to his show for five pounds and get a copy of this, apparently. Did you, did you get, what did you get? Did you get a copy of, no, we you went for free? Oh, you saw him on the wrong yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I wasn't listening before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not as good as you were last night. You were very <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's got a great thing. It's worth having kids, Josh. I don't know if you've thought about it. Because no, uh, well. with Miss Piggy, because um, <laughs> he's about five minutes of his show is just him filming his daughter and making her. Do, he's sort of filming her doing a line, 
and then he shows this big long bit. Doing where a saying about yeah, it. Saying <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs> I you never know with him what he'll do next. But he, he does this long bit, and everyone gets all the retakes where he's shouting at him to do it properly. He's going to say, I reckon this book is really brilliant or something, and then he just goes, You know, that's not believable. Nobody talks like that. Say it again. Do it in an American accent. Do it in a Scottish accent. I can't do a Scottish accent. Very, very funny. Have you seen, have you seen David Madeil's show? He's got. I have actually. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. He's got his daughter at the end. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a photo of her with a hand to make her look like Hitler. I didn't. I never saw that. I thought I was in the water, oh, so I saw it in the <laughs> baby knew I was in, so he took that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the I do the Hitler stuff because soon his daughter. Shit, Harrington. Just the Hitler bit. <laughs> so look, well that was quite interesting. Oh uh, cheers. It's alright. Uh, yeah, if I had to rank you out the guests I've had so far. Don't. If I had to <laughs> I'd say you're definitely in the top six. So oh. <laughs> I can undermine you right at the end. No, it's very good. We're going to have a break, though, to have a bit of stand-up, some music, I believe, from a up-and-coming... Uh, so you get off in a minute. You can come back on a bit later. Uh, we're going to have... Uh, uh, <laughs> give, a, give a round of applause to Josh Whitcomb. <laughs> right. Good. Just jealous of his success. I'm jealous, jealous of his good look success and his ability to write one-line material jokes that are good. He can observe things. That's what he can do. That's what I... I all I observed is you look like Adam Buxton. And that is not enough. <laughs> on an audio podcast. I might take a photo of you. Yeah, I might. I probably won't. <laughs> uh, so, uh, will you please welcome... I'm doing a five-minute spot. The fantastic Carly Smallman! Wonderful, you're in for a treat then. Uh, I'm gonna be performing a, a song for you this evening. Uh, it's a song that I've written for my little niece. Now she's really, really cute. She's six years old, absolutely gorgeous, like the love of my life. And I've been thinking, what advice can I give to her to help her grow into a strong, independent, fantastic feminist woman? And I thought back to the advice that I've been given from all the adults around me, and actually it was quite crap, and I've never used any of it. So this is a song that I've written for my niece that's full of advice that she might actually find useful. I'm going to give it to her on her 18th birthday, because I feel like any sooner would be inappropriate. I'd just like to caveat the song <laughs> before I play it with that little announcement. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I think it's quite a sweet song. Uh, so here's some advice. You can use it too. <laughs> Never go on a diet unless you think it's okay for your boobs to shrink If you get in a cab without a ten pound note Be ready to stick your tongue down the driver's throat When you're feeling sad and low Stuff your face with Haribo Cause life's one thing I could never master Be brave, you'll be fine. Look at Auntie, I'm having a bloody good time. Never shag without a condom, he'll try to go without, but it's just gross when it all comes back out. It's like a horror, I thought it's everything. Never sit on someone's shoulders. Music festival, you'll piss people off. They'll think you're a dick and throw bottles at your head, and you'll deserve it. Go your own way, be who you are. Road rage is fun, so swear in the car. Cause life's one thing I could never master. That's why I'm calibrated for disaster. Be yourself, be brave, you'll be fine. Look at Auntie. I'm having a bloody good time Some people are good with their money And some are button-down folk But some of us are great at blowjobs and telling jokes <laughs> So before a first date Don't wax your lady hair Cause you'll know he's a keeper 
when his face still goes down there. Glug champagne, never sip it, have no shame and you'll always rip it. Cause life's one thing I could never master, that's why I'm calibrated for disaster. Be yourself, be brave, you'll be fine. Look at auntie, I'm having a bloody good time. So if in life you face disaster, come and ask auntie, I will have the answer. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That was my song! It's called The Appalling Carly Smallman. It's on at 7.30 every single day, at, apart from the 13th, at the Gilded Balloon. So it'd be lovely to see some of you there. Thank you very much. It's just the first room. How are you doing? Very well. How's, hey, how's, how's the Edinburgh Fringe treating you so far? Uh, we've had three uh, good nights. One very, very bad night on Sunday. Really small crowd. Yeah. Who I knew by name individually by the end. It's great. Great to be back here for the first time performing after 23 years. Really? Yeah, with a completely new act. <laughs> you can get away. You can definitely get away with it after 23 years. All the reviewers from then are now dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only good thing about it. Um, so you're doing a show with Philip Pope? The show with Philip Pope, it's called A Bridge Over Troubled Lager. Right. Which is a famous album title, which we've changed the last word. <laughs> and, and it's, I, I can't believe that we only wanted to do a show which sounded sort of vaguely middle-aged, but obviously musical. Yeah. I wanted to call it, so we choose an album title that's famous for that era in the 70s. And I wanted to call it Dark Side of the Moob. <laughs> but uh, nobody understood that. So uh, we, I said, Bridge of a Trouble Live is the first, you know, the first title you think of, and you think, no, we can't use that. So we went through about 5,000 titles, and then we ended up going back with that one. Um, but the Scottish journalist to see me said, oh, fantastic title. How did you come up with that? <laughs> I said, we'll change one word of a thing. Make it sound a bit blokey. It's got lager in it. It's blokey and laddie in it. <laughs> and you were Philip in um, on Who's da Who Dares Wins? I did, which yes. Does anyone remember Who Dares Wins? Yeah. 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 There were badges in that, weren't there? Thinking about it, did you badges? Pandas. Pandas. Are pandas. They're very similar. Uh, They're black yeah, and white. I just, it just you don't often see me. so many pandas on the road in the morning. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tire marks on that. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was with Tony Robinson. Sir Tony. Yeah, of course he is. Yes. In fact, when I, I said this on the mother podcast, when, I, when the news came on, I was driving back from a gig, and it said uh, Tony Robinson. Famously, uh, I thought he died, but luckily he become a sir. So Politically, he has died. <laughs> <laughs> he did, say, I said, well, we should joke about it way back in the 1980s. And Tony, what about it? You know, Because he's a very, very, very extreme, old fashioned lefty. And uh, I said, do you, do you think, what if you got offered an honour? He'd say, turn it down 100% he'd offer. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> hey? That's naughty, a bit tittle tattle, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Good to know. But I didn't know you'd wrote, written for Not Nine O'Clock News. We had yes. Tom Lloyd on the other day. Yes, uh, yeah. So I was a writer. I started writing. My first job was writing, uh, well, my first proper paid job was writing uh, for BBC Radio for any comedy. I was sort of, you know, whatever show needed a sort of servicing, I used to write links for. So the first show I did was for a comedian called Frankie Howard. Do you remember Frankie Howard? Yes. Oh, God. They're older than they look, this audience. Oh, they're me, isn't it? <laughs> 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 you remember Frankie Howard? Do you remember Frankie Howard? He yeah. liked you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he liked me a lot, actually, which is very embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, he was the first top comedian to ask me to suck his cock. <laughs> <laughs> but not I'll tell you who the others are, <laughs> if you're very good. 
Stuart Lee. <laughs> was, was Keith Allen one of them? Because that will uh, save us a lot of questions uh, later on. Uh, there's a question we may ask you later on about that. Uh, and what, what did you, which, do you remember which jokes you wrote on Not Another Cup News? Because I can probably remember them all. Uh, no, I can't remember anything. Did we, you write one-liners or did you write the... Uh, one-liners, I can't remember anything, good, but that spawned um, Smith & Jones, which yeah. we have as the main writer on. We used to write the head-to-heads, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for Griffin Mel, uh, God rest his soul. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience writing. Mel Smith, one of the greatest comic timers. He was so easy to write for. Yeah. You never had to explain any line to him. Yeah, he just did it. Whereas Griffin, I always have to explain. It. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about it, do you remember the head-to-heads in Smith and Jones? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, when we were writing them, we used to just write A B A B A B A B and just hand them the scripts and they did decide because it basically is two characters swapping swapping one-liners. And uh, you know, uh, and one day after about the first series, Griffin said, "I don't think my character would say this. No, I don't. It's not me. It's because I think about me, my character. I'm the, I'm the." Clever one who people think is the stupid one, whereas Mel is the one who appears clever, but he's in fact much more stupid than my character. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's one character says one thing, the next character says something else, and so it goes on to the end. Of it. So that was a bit of a shock to us. Then we had to write Mel Griffin in the margin. So it, got much, it took much longer to write. <laughs> Good copy and paste that. Yeah. And so is that weird? This is pre copy and paste. What? Now that you were. Around in a boat with him all the time. Yeah. Is that, is, does he still treat you like you're the writer and he's the star? Yeah, he, he's very. I mean, it, it's strange because Dara really thinks it's like being an old married couple. Because you know, I've known Griffin since like I said before, and that's the fact. The three men in the boat thing was the first time I actually appeared on the screen together. So he's rather. Written. The thing about Griff is, oh God, they're being so gossiping. <laughs> is Griff doesn't think he's very good. It's a shame because he is quite good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's terrified of sort of smart ass people, the, like a lippy smart ass people, like say for me and Dara Breen. So <laughs> he's our, our extra you know, uh, defensive on that show, yeah. Um, do you ever worry uh, yes. that. Uh, about <laughs> I'm worried about this next question. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever worry that because of the field of sportsmen round on, the, on your quiz you did yeah. about sport, they think it's all yeah. over? that you will get called up by Operation U-Train. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's Because there's a lot of evidence that it's not just people can go, Rory Ruff, touch me up. They yeah, can go, here's yeah. the film of him. I don't, think, I don't think there was anybody uh, under 16, and one of them was uh, Lindsay Dorn McKenzie. Yeah, you know Lindsay Dorn McKenzie? Do you know Lindsay Dorn McKenzie? Well, hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a pleasure to feel her up. No, I, I, yeah, I did. What was, she, was she doing on Spill the Sports Man? Well, she's not she, a sportsman. You know, well, she came on in a bikini and high-heeled shoes to oil the belly of the gut barger. The sport was gut barging, where men of a certain shape actually tried to knock each other over using over their beer guts. But they, they have to be oiled <laughs> first, and they get to you know page three girls to oil them. So, and actually, I, you know. That was the 90s. Have you got your mic, Josh? You can Is that the 90s? Where, where is my it's on that stand yeah. just back there, and you can join in. So if you go back there, that, that, yeah, go, just keep going out there. He's <laughs> 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 just trying right. to get in, and he's just trying right. to get in. Get him right there, you go, talk now. Can I, is that, that's exactly the same? That the 90s, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, go on, you say. Come, come up here and talk to Rory McGrath. <laughs> is it more Rory McGrath or Rory McGrath? Because I've used both. Um, my I don't Rory, mind. My uh, dad says Rory McGrath. So uh, my dad said McGrath. Uh, oh, Dara O'Brien says McGrath. And a lot of people say McGrath. <laughs> but most people come up to you on the street and say, Right, Mr. Bremner? <laughs> <laughs> Which is really annoying. Because, you know, I don't anything like Rory Bremner. And, you, know. you look quite like uh, Jeff Quigley. Who's a black house at school with? So, uh, <laughs> what's, what's your... Well, I think there's something on Twitter that I'm Seth Rogen's father. Oh, so yeah. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I quite like it. Ask your question. Find out who he is. Yeah, well, go I've, on. Got a ni- I've got a question, genuine 90s comedy question as a kind of comedy gig. I'll take the mic. Um, on the Harry Hill show, there was a running joke about you. And did you... Uh, and did you know that this was happening? Yeah. Were you in on it? Because I used to genuinely, at home as about an 11-year-old, really worry. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really mean. I really like they think it's all over. So, Well, I, it was, I was affectionate. I, 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 people told me that I'm a running joke on Harry Hill. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what he said, though. He's a naturally funny, Roy McGonagall. 
No, too funny. What was the joke? Well, I can't remember, but it was. Was it me? Really cutting and accurate. <laughs> 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 no, I actually appeared on on his show oh, at the end of sort of series eight, whatever it was, uh, as the Reverend Jerry King. <laughs> it's like when Rod Hull appeared on this morning, Rich, not Judy, for real. Uh, no one remembers that fucking hell. Right. Uh, this is a citation needed. I'm going to clear this up for uh, Wikipedia. I've looked at your Wikipedia. Oh dear. Citation it's needed. not about uh, sexing silkworms, is it? It isn't. But you can tell us about that if you like. I know. It's because I, w- uh, I said it uh, because I couldn't think of anything to say in an interview once. I said, What is this, this interview? So, what was your first job after school? I said, I was. Uh, a silkworm sexer, yeah. because I couldn't get anything else to say. Uh, I said, that's a worm sexer. I said, a worm sexer, yeah, yeah, uh, in a silk factory. Because obviously, that's, it's really important to know the lady worms and the male worms. And I was just gibbering away like this, and this interview, very earnest girl said, wow, that is interesting, I suppose, in the silk industry, knowing the sex of the worms is quite important. So what is the difference? Well, that's it, you see, it's very difficult. You look at two silkworms, and they're very, very difficult. So, so what's the difference between a male and the female silkworm? I said, well, the female silkworm only drinks skinny latte. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really treading water. And the male, the male uh, silkworm understands the rules of rugby union. <laughs> that was it. And this was taken down verbatim. So I had about, for about fact, three years, people always said, tell us about their silkworm factory. <laughs> yeah. But also, it was on Wikipedia for a while that my, my most traumatic experience was seeing my accountant fucking a mouse. <laughs> Citation needed! Uh, yeah, and the yeah. people asked me about that. Did you, know. you see your accountant fucking that, a mouse? No, that, that was, was for that, that was Rory Bremner. My accountant, <laughs> my accountant fucking Rory Bremner. Um, the, what is it? It's like this is you. Uh, you had a rivalry with Peter Cook over football. Correct. Uh, but that uh, one day Spurs beat Arsenal, and you didn't get the I call. Know, that's true. And it so was very sad. Yeah. It was uh, 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 Peter Cook, and I used to write with Peter Cook and for Peter Cook. Um, and uh, uh, we, I'm an Arsenal supporter. He's a Spurs. And if Arsenal beat Spurs, I would phone him. This is the routine. I'd phone and say, "Oh, you're yeah, really unlucky, Pete. We didn't deserve to win." And if Spurs won. He'd phone me and say, "Oh, Spurs were very lucky, oh, you should have won. And this happened regularly the day after, and Spurs beat Arsenal, and I said to Pete, hello, not the Pete that I was living with, I said, when the phone rings, it's going to be Peter Cook saying, uh, yeah, Spurs were very lucky. And it didn't come for um, four days, and just as I was about to phone him, I would have the television on, and it said, comedian Peter Cook dies. But there are a lot of very other, actually oh. quite positive. Uh, well, on the positive story. side, we've, we've sorted out that for Wikipedia. So that is, <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't all have to be sad. That's a good uh, but the sad thing is, uh, he, he died and never got a chance to return his um, uh, porn videos. I can tell this, he wouldn't mind. He, he had a particular, he, he, he rang up me, he rang me up and said, Rory, have you got any porn? And I said, and I said oh, I've got something called the education of Anna. He said, oh, that sounds good. Um, why don't you bring it to the pub? Uh, I said, well, I'll swap you. He said, I like, I like Chinese, um, Chinese porn, which I'm interested in, really. But uh, we <laughs> met. That's racist. What's wrong with Chinese porn? Yeah. <laughs> racist. Yeah. Um, I enjoy all pornography. <laughs> Whatever race. Think about, chi- think about Chinese pornography. You see one Chinese uh, porn film, you want another one straight away. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a positive thing, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, so we met, I said, shall I come around here? I said, oh, I'll fancy a pint. So we went met in this pub in the centre of Hampstead, which is packed with people eating sort of chicken in a basket. And Peter Cook walks in, in his Bermuda shorts, a huge top hat, you know, the flowery shirt, wag, wag, waving this cassette, saying, is the Canton cunt any good for you? <laughs> What an entrance, and people think, isn't that Peter Cook, the famous satirist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to introduce you as your best-known role, of course, host of Trivial Pursuit. Oh, the, uh, yes, the, the short-lived BBC <laughs> Two series. Yeah, yeah. Based on the board game Trivial Pursuit, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. What, what went wrong there? Why didn't that take off? I, didn't, I, I think it was something to do with the people who owned the, uh, the, the uh, rights to the board, right. wanted it on uh, Sky, I think. Yeah. It was good, I liked doing that, that was great. I, I, I like quizzes. Yeah. I like questions. I like quizzes as well. Did you know the answer to that Frankie Boyle, Susan Boyle question? I didn't hear that one, was it? Uh, well, I'm not going to go over it again. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I do know what the longest palindrome in natural language is. Go on. Saipuikalpias. Saipuikalpias, which is the Finnish for a man who sells caustic soda to the soap industry. <laughs> Which good. I think is more interesting than the fact it's the longest palindrome in natural language. Is this Finnish have a word for that? <laughs> <laughs> Someone took the trouble to make it with the same forwards as back. Yeah. Um, and I, I, loved, I used to love Chelms with one, two, three. Yeah, that was great fun. Is there another yeah. series of that in the pipeline? Well, I, I think so. Yeah. We'd have to be playing the dad. We'd have to be playing the granddads of the characters, yeah. wouldn't we? I like the thing about Chelms with one, two, three. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, it's a Roman sick cop. All the, le the Latin, the, the Romans spoke Latin very, very accurately. You don't know, but it's, um, we had a, a consultant but with English translations. And the, the, one of my, my favourite is Gadeo cum ea lascive loquitor, which means, which has happened when the emperor pulled back his four post of bed curtain and there was a sheep on the bed. And the sheep barred, and he turned to the camera and says, Gadeo cum ea lascive loquitor. I love it when she talks dirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great to know the Latin for that. Very, you're very clever, man. You're suspiciously clever, aren't you? You get away with it. People, <laughs> I bet, bet people don't know you. You've got, uh, you're at Cambridge. I was at Cambridge, yes. 2-2. Two, two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's unexpected. Was it unexpected? Yeah, I was expected to fail, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, and you were at Oxford, weren't you? I was at Oxford. Yeah. I got 2-1, I was expected to fail, but <laughs> just my natural genius. I did, yeah. <laughs> the languages. Actually, yeah. Languages, yeah. Spanish, French, linguistics, phonetics. That's, that explains why you know so much about languages. Uh, so, <laughs> what's impressive you, re you still remember it, because I don't remember anything from uh, university. What do you need chemistry or something? I did uh, history. Oh, that's right, I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> I did sexual chemistry. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about? And I, I, I failed, I failed that. <laughs> I don't mind, history's passé, isn't it? Oh. Uh, and what happened with Hattrick? Because you were like the founder of one of the founders. Of yeah, I was one of the founders of Hattrick. And I, I, I can't talk about it okay. because if I said something like I got stabbed in the back by my two best friends, it would come across very loudly. <laughs> and they're now millionaires, and I'm. Did you get paid? Did you get did you get paid off when it? When I pay. I got have a payment. I can't tell you the exact figure. Okay. Yeah. Was it more than five pounds? <laughs> uh, in those days, five pounds was a hell of a lot. They had those big white shoes. Yeah, no, it was, it was substantial, but not as substantial as the 55 million they got when they sold the company. No. Not that I'm bitter, can't see. Who needs money though, Rory? You don't need money, do you? It's all about riding around in a boat with the It boat. is, it is. As long, <laughs> as long as you've got our health, eh, Richard? <laughs> Look at us, two shiny examples. <laughs> I've got a life in comedy in Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> people see them like totally. Yeah. We could do the belly busting later on. Well, yeah, party. Let's get Lindsay Dawn McKenzie in the room. Do you want to oil us up, girls? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this one's up for it. Yeah, this one less than over. Not as much fun. Uh, while I'm on this stage, I have an arrangement with my wife. I haven't actually physically arranged with her or met her or spoken to her about. I'm gonna have have <laughs> I can have sex with anyone I want while I'm, while I'm on the stage doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Interested in that? No, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> just my one little, but it's the one bubble. It used to be a big idea. bubble, Edinburgh. I would try to have sex with everyone, and that bubble yeah. has got smaller and smaller and smaller, and now it's just this semicircle <laughs> for one hour a day. It's how long, like, how long it's like Brigadoon. How long have you been married? <laughs> Bridget, how long have you been married? I've been married for uh, 16 months. Oh, well, that bubble will get bigger and bigger. You've been married as long as I have. It gets a bu bubbles back out there, yeah. And the wife doesn't care. Wow. She's not in, is she? <laughs> this is going to be recorded, though. Actually, I will email her and ask her. And do you like bird watching? I, I sort of like bird watching. I like being, and I've got sort of saddled with being a bird watcher. I'm not a twitcher in the sense that uh, Bill Oddie is a twitcher. Uh, in fact, the, 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 my, the novel, uh, the memoir I wrote about bird watching is called Bearded Tit, which came because there's a bird called a Bearded Tit, Panoris Biomicus. I think you wanted to know that. I did. Yes. <laughs> I do Latin names of birds, because <laughs> it, it does annoy Bill Oddie as well, it does. I wanted to do a bird watching program which Bill Oddie played the sort of the, the master, the mentor, and I was a sort of keen pupil, and I thought he called bearded tits. So originally it was a joke about Bill Oddie, bearded tits, and I included myself in it. And this publisher said, why don't you write a book about bird watching? It's actually a love story, uh, but I called it bearded tit. Yeah. And I, I, I met um, uh, Bill Oddie, I'd say things like, uh, 
and he'd say, oh, and then, but I don't do that, Roy, I don't do that, you know, uh, pyrochorex, pyrochorex, I said, oh, stop it, stop it. <laughs> That's a chuff, by the way, if you want to make anything comedy like that, you know. <laughs> uh, and I remember once we were at a, at a mutual friend's uh, funeral, and I ended up sitting next to uh, Bilotti, and I turned to him and said, um, Finicurus or Kroros? He said, fuck off. <laughs> It's great in a crematorium, isn't it? Uh, uh, Britain's most loved birdwatcher telling you to fuck off. <laughs> right, we're going to have to move on and do the uh, competition. The time has moved on. We're going to be giving away some wonderful prizes, including ten, the DVD you can only get from my show, possibly Lewis Schaefer's show, uh, online at www.gofasterstripe.com, where you can also get Christ on a Bike. Did you see that yeah, one? Yeah, very good. Love oh, that I'm a fan of yours. You did you come to all of my shows. I'm I you're my one celebrity it. fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of amazed by uh, Edinburgh for every, everyone. The terrible book by you and McInnes that so you mustn't buy. Uh, and <laughs> that is good. Uh, Talking cock. I wrote that book as well. We've got tickets to Lost Voice Guy. He's amazing. Uh, he's going to be a guest on uh, the podcast at some point next weekend. A uh, little tiny pack of Haribo. Look at Josh is perked up now. Yeah. <laughs> coming back on. A glider. So, I don't know, there's more Will Hodgson DVD and a Rich Hall DVD. Uh, and a little, and one of these. I won't say what it is. Only the people here will know what that is. Yeah, see. If you were here, and rather than sitting, I'm complaining about some little is. My foot worked. And, um, you would know what that was. So we're going to do uh, a competition. Josh is going to rejoin us. Well, please welcome back Josh Whittaker. Josh Whittaker. Josh Whittaker. He's already hurt his hand. Your hand better, Josh. Uh, you have to put your hand in a cup of water now. What? Oh. Maybe this lady will help you. Shoot no, I mean, that, that would be. I don't want that recorded on a podcast. <laughs> she, she could oil you up as she's, <laughs> she's reading. So, we're going to make some statements that are true or false. You have to decide if they're true or false. If you get it right, you stay in. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. But first, you have to stand up. So, everyone stand up. You knew what was coming, didn't you? Uh, and uh, if, you, if you think the statement is true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom, the seat of all falsehood. Uh, and, uh, uh, Rory, you had. I'll start off with, I once had oral sex with Superwoman. Is that true or false? It seems like a fictional character. It <laughs> may be interesting. What's the answer? True. Wow. <laughs> who was giving and who was receiving? I was giving and it was a lady called Shirley Conran who wrote Superwoman. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. So that's, that's taken out a few of them because I think a few people thought that you'd never had... <laughs> it's nice that he's a giving day, he's learned something, he's a, he's a giver. Uh, Josh, do you have a, um, a statement of truth or false? I once had all sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone thinks it's true. Yeah, no, that's true, yeah. What, you just once? Just once. <laughs> you got another one? Uh, I, uh, I, um... Well, the longer this takes, the more obvious it is I'm making it up. I've got one. I'm a qualified football referee. Oh, true or false? He does like sport. That's he does like sport. Is that true? That is true. Wow, it's true. Wow. We, we, it was a thing we did at school. Very tweaked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I owe, to this day, Cambridge University Library £1,375 in overdue... Uh, library book finds for a book I borrowed in 1977. True or false? This is going to will them down one way or the other. What's the answer? False. Oh, is there any truth in that at all? You just made that up. No, I, I, did, I, 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 I did owe them for a while for a book I hadn't, uh, but I took it back. <laughs> it was Finnish made simple, actually. Was it Finnish? <laughs> <laughs> learning Finnish about uh, the soap notes. industry. <laughs> Uh, uh, let me have a think if I've got one. Uh, I just thought of one. Oh, the lost voice guy who will be a guest on the show later was born in Moldova. Is that true or false? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing he probably wasn't, so uh, false is the right answer in that case. Have you got, got another one? Yeah, Yvonne, uh, I was. Sorry, Josh, you go. No, no, no. Do you want to go? Hey, no. Hey. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, I was asked to leave the Royal Opera House Covent Garden during the performance of Swan Lake by Tchaikovsky for threatening to piss over the balcony into the orchestra pit. <laughs> Again, that even spread. What's the answer? True. That is true. You're taking out Colin. What? Why were you wanting to do that? Well, I, I don't know if you've been ballet at Congo. The I'd gone in. I thought, should I have this beforehand? Should I? So I sat down, and the overture started. Fantastic to see. To see yeah, in a dark room before the ballet starts, the overture of Swan Lake. Fantastic. And I was thinking, oh, I should have gone for that piece. But as soon as this is a break, I'll nip out. So this is everything went dark and quiet. So I got up and this. Uh, I said, where are you going? I said, I'm just going for this. No, no, you can't leave. You can't leave the theatre now. I said, but it's an interval. It's not an interval. That's a pause. <laughs> I said, well, okay. I'll tell you what I'll do. I can walk down to the edge and piss over the balcony into the orchestra pit. How about that? To drive out. <laughs> Rightly so. They threw you. Give the microphone to Josh Whittaker and see what he has to say um, himself. My osteopath's godfather <laughs> invented the butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? One true, I think three falses. It's true. It's true. We have a winner. Oh, actually, all you guys standing up to that bag. That's the tickets to That's for you. Pass those down around to whoever is standing up. Got him. Uh, and congratulations, you. What was your name? Andy. Andy, I think you can come and get the stuff out in a second. We'll just, just wait there. I'll remember you. We've got number four written on you. I'll remember you. Uh, so please give a massive round of applause to our guest today, Josh Whittaker. We'll be back tomorrow with Ian Lavender off a good night's sweetheart. And that's all I'm going to talk to him about. And uh, also, Tony Law. Thank you very much for coming. See you. Bye. Bye.